Well, we have not been in this particular um, subject for quite some time, but we are still continuing in our look at the precious blood of Jesus. And there's no greater subject to preach than that precious blood. Amen. Nothing is more precious in heaven and earth than the blood of the Lamb, Christ Jesus. It was the redemption Christ paid for our, for our redemption, our salvation, our freedom, our deliverance, our healing, everything, every blessing demanded the highest price, and that price was the blood of Jesus. Let me just say this to you. It's the greatest weapon. It's the most powerful weapon. We're hearing a lot in the news about the weapons that may be used by Putin and NATO and so on. There's no greater weapon, more powerful weapon, than the blood of Jesus. You can fire all the atom bombs you want and the nuclear missiles that you want at the devil and you won't even hit him. But if you did hit him, he'd shrug them off. But the weakest of saints, the weakest of Christians, can stand before the evil one and say, I plead the blood of Jesus and that rascal has to flee. He cannot stand the blood and so the blood has mighty power. We've read it in Revelation, that great dragon, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Now, Satan has the ability to deceive the whole world. You know, he deceives some Christians too. Because they think that they have to be scared of him. That's a deception. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Oh, you have to resist him. You're not going to have an existence here on this planet that he won't show up now and again. And if you're doing things for Jesus, he's going to show up quite a lot. But we don't have to fight the devil, we just need to resist him. He was cast out, it tells us here into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And you know, you look around, there's a lot of wickedness going on. There's a lot of devilish activity. There's, there's, a, there's a loss and lack of peace in, in our time. Amen? And you know, when you think back to that famous phrase, peace in our time, with a wee bit of paper, there's a lot of people thinking that just saying, oh, everyone's going to be okay. Well, that's not going to cast the devil out. You need a sword. And it's not a wee bit of paper, friends. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. You know, we've been, we've been reading here in Revelation chapter 12 about signs, a great wonder in heaven, signs and wonders in heaven. Brother David preached a wonderful message yesterday about the signs and wonders that have been in heaven lately. Rainbows at the death of our beloved Queen. Meteors. And, of course, other signs. We, we read about NASA fired a missile at an asteroid. All the things that are happening. And let me just say, apart from everything else, the horrible weather. 
Signs and wonders in heaven are to be expected as we approach the end of the age. And we're seeing them. And we're going to see a lot more. Very unusual weather patterns across the earth. And the prophetic significance of Queen Elizabeth's death, as I said, we preached on it yesterday, we've we've touched on it here. And these are things that we need to be aware of as believers. And let me just tell you something, you'll never see signs and wonders in heaven if your head's down all the time. Oh, I'm happy. Why are you happy? Oh, well, I'm a, I, I go to that foundry boys. I know the Lord. And, 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 and I'm a Christian. Do you want to come along? I'll pass, thanks. We can't be Christians like that. Look up! For your redemption draweth nigh. If you look up, you'll see things that you don't see on the floor. All the action is above your head. Amen? The heavenly air force is flying the skies. We read here of a great battle. Michael and his angels. And you know, how do we know that Satan loses the battle? Because the word of God says so. And God's word can never be broken. Michael and his angels are out flying uh, as the heavenly air force, knowing that victory is assured. Because God already said it. You have got cause for rejoicing if you're to pull these trousers up, which means I must be losing weight. <laughs> Need to put another hole in my belt. So if you see me doing this, it's, it's cause for rejoicing. Amen. They're going to start calling me Slim Jim again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I heard a loud voice. See, there's signs and wonders in heaven, and there's loud voices. Uh, friends of ours came back from Singapore. They'd recorded this sound on their, uh, their mobile that they heard out in Singapore, you, is, you want to hear this noise. You see, things are happening on there. Supernatural things. And we're not flaky about things like that. We're not, you know, people that get all weird about these things. But things are happening on the earth. You and I better pray, brothers and sisters, that what we don't hear one day is the sound of a mighty nuclear explosion over at Fast Lane or in the, in the centre of Glasgow. If it happens in the centre of Glasgow, and you've got seconds left, just say, Jesus, I'm coming home. Amen? These things are real. These threats, these perils, these dangers are real. We live in that age. Now, some of you lived through the Second World War. So you know that, you know, it's not games. Wars happen in the earth. But this war here is a heavenly war. But the good news is this. The Bible tells us that the war in heaven is, is coming to earth because Satan's cast out into the earth. And that probably explains why all this stuff's going on. But you know, friends, you might say, well, uh, we don't have Michael, the archangel, we, we don't have his strength and power. Friends, we've got something more powerful than anything. The blood of the Lamb. 
And it tells us here that, that those of us on earth, a loud voice in heaven, verse 10, and now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. It doesn't say now has come darkness, gloom, despair, despondency. It says, oh, glory. I don't know about you today, brothers and sisters, but I'm in the glory land way. Amen? We're not living from the earth. We're living from the glory. We're glory bound, but we're also glory sent. We're sent from the glory. Remember Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, I came down from heaven. And he actually, if you go and read it in John chapter 3, he said, and I'm there now. Jesus is sitting speaking to a man called Nicodemus, but he's also in heaven in, this, in one sense. Because the Son of Man can ascend and descend. Friends, you and I were made that way too. The Bible says we're here on earth. Pilgrims and sojourners. But it says we're also seated with him in heavenly places. How can we explain that? Well, you can't. It's a mystery. How can you be in two places at once? Well, you can ask a whole bunch of criminals who testified in court that they were somewhere else. Amen. But we're not talking about made up. We're talking about reality. Amen. Not made up. I was visiting my brother over in Castlemilk and that guy got chugged. Amen. But no, we're not talking about that type of bilocality. We're talking about real bilocality. That while we're all sitting here, we're also seated with him in heavenly places. We're positioned in Christ. And it's all made possible by precious blood. That's the access. How do we get, how do we get to heaven? We have access by the blood. Amen. And you don't need to wait till you die to go there. You can go there right now by saying, Father, I come before your throne. They overcame him, the accuser. It's interesting the word for accuser here. It says he's cast down. Do you know that people say, do you not have anything? Is there nothing good that you can say about the devil? I remember one preacher says, well, he is persistent. Amen. The devil is persistent because he's obsessed with one thing, accusing you and I day and night. That's his only job because he's no use for anything else. He accused them before our God day and night. He said, Peril, have you seen what Peril did? She only prayed 15 minutes this morning. Not 20. That's what he's like. He's a legalist. He's obsessed. You ever notice that the further away, this isn't even the message I was going to preach this morning. Have you ever noticed that the further away society goes from God, the more obsessed they become with, with, with crazy laws? You know, man won't accept the word of the law of God, so he has to have a thousand laws. Then he has to have 10,000 laws. And people like the Green Party, I'm not being political here, but 
They've all these, you can't, you can't do this, you can't have that emissions, you can't, you've got to have cycle lanes. They want to turn the M8 into a, a garden. Amen. They don't want you to drive your car. Because it's all laws. How can we control them? See, Satan is obsessed with control. And that word accuser is, is a strange word because it's the Greek word categorio that we get the word categorized from it. Or we would say label. You know, have you ever noticed that people who are accusers always want to label you? You're no good. You're, a, you're useless. You're a loser. You ever had that from a teacher? Maybe sadly a parent or people who... who you're a loser. You're too fat. You're too stupid. You're too skinny. You're, you know, you're a Tim. All the labels that we have, racial labels, uh, religious labels. Now, we, again, we've, we've called a lot of that stuff hate, right? But you know the biggest hate criminal of all? The accuser of the brethren. You'll never make it. God doesn't love you. How could God love you? How could God? I know what you've done. You know what you've done. That's the accuser of the brethren, folks. And you say, well, how can we stop this? Lord, stop him. The Bible says that we don't, he doesn't stop him. We stop him. They overcame him. Who's they? The brethren. That's you and I. We overcome the evil one. We don't overcome the evil one by saying, oh no, I'm really a, a good person. I, I help old grannies over the road and I give to uh, you know, British Heart charity shop and stuff. That's not how we overcome the devil. We say to the devil, well, you know, you're probably right. There's probably a few things though that you don't know. I'm a whole lot worse than even you can tell me. But here's my plea, here's my merit, the blood of the Lamb. I'm not defending myself. I'm pleading guilty. But I'm telling you, Mr. Devil, that I may be guilty, but every last stain of it was cleansed and purged and remitted by a man who shed blood. My blood is tainted with sin, but his blood is pure and precious. Friends, that's the gospel. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 25, this is, this is me finally getting to my actual message this morning. And, and, and we do it every week. We just did it. We just basically uh, covered this. But you know, it's part of our message this morning. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 25. After the same manner, speaking about Jesus, also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
for as often as you drink it. Which means we're supposed to drink it regularly. Why? Because we're supposed to remember. Do this in remembrance of me. It says you do show the Lord's death till he come. Why do we need to keep showing the Lord's death? Because we need to keep reminding ourselves. And not just us, but since Satan get booted down to us, we need to remind him. Let me just say this, there are devils probably in their service. I'm not talking about people. But devils looking on, what are they doing? What are they up to now? We're showing the Lord's death. You know, we're not sitting here in our own righteousness. We're not here saying, well, we're Christians, we're goody two shoes, we, none of us sin. We're here saying this is our only plea, our only merit. And they're, they're, they're running away screaming. This is showing the Lord's death. This is remembering the Lord's death. Why? Because it was for us. We start getting, you know, oh, well, I've been a Christian, you know, many years. I pray a lot. I read my Bible. That's not, what, that's not the plea, folks. When you're standing with the accuser in the dock, I'm a good person. Uh-oh. No. I have an advocate. And I don't just have an advocate, which is a lawyer, for those of you who have never been here. <laughs> never been to court. My lawyer paid the price. He's not just an advocate. He stood in my place and took my punishment and rose from the dead to be standing here defending me. We need to know these things. This is the gospel. So, um, the blood, the precious blood, is to remember Christ. It's in remembrance of Christ. And Jesus himself said that in Luke chapter 22. You can look it up, verses 19 to 20. Paul wasn't just saying we need to do this. He was saying Jesus started this. Jesus is the one who tells us to do this. And it's interesting, it says, after he had supped. When he had supped. Jesus... Remember he said, to the, you can be my disciple, if you drink to the full, the cup, you're mine. Why did Jesus drink the cup? Because this meal is a partaker's meal. We partake of the same meal he took. Amen? The meal is him, but he took it himself. He supped and says, you're drinking from the same cup as I am. Which means you're one with him. Amen? Now think about this thing. If you drink from the same cup as somebody, and some of us don't like doing that, why? Slevers. Amen? You know, if, if you're a forensic scientist, and you wanted to find out if someone was on the scene and you took DNA swabs from a cup that two people had drunk from, both DNA samples would be in that cup, in the drink and on, on the cup. He that is one spirit with the Lord, 
You see, it's all about unity. Union, should I say, not unity. Union. Unity of two people in harmony. Union is one person. Marriage. The Bible doesn't say a husband, a man shall know his wife and they'll still be two connected people in in a united partnership. No, no. It says there'll be one flesh. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And this is what happens when we partake of this. <coughs> Acts chapter 20, verse 28. We're looking at aspects of the precious blood. It's such a precious thing to preach in a church, in a building, in a ministry like this is, where you know decades of preaching the gospel, preaching of the blood. You know, that, that does something, I believe, to the atmosphere of a place. Amen. It's not wrong to rent a wee village hall or a scout hall and go and preach the gospel, but isn't it good to know when you walk through these doors? You know, it's not that the, the building is, is that we're the church, but just to be in a place where that word has gone forth, where the blood has been praised many, many, many times. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? There is a fountain filled with blood. How many times have these hymns been sang in this building? Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says this. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you Overseers, this is about I want to get to to feed the church of God. This is about which he hath purchased with his own blood. The blood of Jesus purchased the church. Amen. Amen. The blood of Jesus purchased the church. Every church, every authentic church, and that's not just every building that we're talking about. Every person who has ever been born again of the Spirit of God in history is what the Bible would say, the collective, the body of Christ, the church of Christ, universal throughout the ages, yeah? That church was purchased by the blood. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he was buying a race of men and women. A new creation race that would not just be the immediate people in in his time and vicinity, but would go down through the ages. And if you're part of that church, it means he's purchased you. But he's purchased us universally. And uh, that word universal, that's, that's what Catholic means. It means universal, not Roman Catholic, but Catholic, the church Catholic or the church universal. And every Protestant is in that church. The Roman Catholic Church is a whole different thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. What? Know ye not, verse 19, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. 
brothers and sisters, were bought with a price. Not with gold and silver, not with, not with things that can be destroyed, lost, corroded, eroded, traded. The only trade ever made by the most precious substance in existence, the blood of Jesus, the only trade ever made for it was you and I and every other believer. Because nothing else would pay the price. Nothing else had, had preciousness or value other than the blood of Jesus. Not one soul. Not the most wretched of souls. Think of the most wretched, miserable, horrible person that was ever born. And no, it's not your spouse. <laughs> no, we're talking about serious wickedness. And there'll be many people. But nothing that was ever in existence would pay the price for that person's spirit and soul if they chose to turn their hearts to the Lord. Only the blood of Jesus. It's a law of economics, it's a law of transaction that you will pay what you have for something that you want or desire. Amen? When you go to Asda and you say, I'm buying that tub of lure pack. I don't care if it's seven pound. I'm wanting lure pack on my toast in the morning. But that seven pound is precious, am I right? But, you, but what's more precious to you? The seven pound or that lure pack? Ladies, when you see a dress, and it's a lot of money. And you think, well, I could go on holiday, I could do this, I could, I could pay that, you know. But that dress, I must have it. Men, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a simple transaction. It's the law of transaction. It's an economic reality. There are things you have to pay for, gas, electric, you know, petrol, stuff like that. But the things that you, the things that are precious to you, you have a decision as you're walking down the aisle or walking into the shop, is this in my purse? Is what's in my hand more precious to me? Because if it is, you walk out the shop. But if what's in the shop is more precious, You'll, there will be a transaction. Now we, we say, oh, we were vile sinners, and we were. But God loved the world so much. God loved you so much that he said, the most precious thing I have, the most precious thing I can come up with is the blood of my son, the life of my son. There's nothing more precious to God than his son. But friends, think about this. You were more precious because he gave it. You know, someone gives you a gift. Someone gives you 5,000 pounds. And it's so precious. The person who gave you it 
Oh, oh Lord, we, oh Lord, I've got £5,000 that I can do what I want with. And it's so precious to you. Until you walk by that car dealership and you see that car you've wanted all your life. £4,995. It's not new. Oh, but it's precious. Amen? How precious is the five grand? Friends, when God looked at us, he said, I will pay the most precious price. And he did. You're bought with a price. Do we just think that the Lord, that, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were just had this cold, kind of cold-blooded rather? Suppose we need to suppose we need to redeem them. Suppose we need to do something about all this sin. You go, oh, what's going to oh, going to have? Oh, I'll do it, said Jesus. I'll I'll become a man. I'll I'll do it. I'll just hang on a cross. Aye, that's fine. Can you, do we think it was like that? I, I think some people think it was like that. It was just a, a cold, hearty piece of business that God was doing. Eloi, Eloi, was it? The, the, I, I forgot it as I was saying. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? We just sometimes think, oh well, these things, you know, that's how it had to happen. Friends, he paid a price. The Father paid a price. Jesus paid a price. And he did it so that you and I would be part of the family of God. Never belittle that. Precious blood was the price. Your blood is, your child's blood, your grandchild's blood is precious to you. But friends, the blood of the Lamb, pure and spotless, without blemish, a man who never did anything wrong but, but endured the contradiction of sinners against himself. Purchased by precious blood. Well, I've really run out of the other notes that I have, so we'll continue them next time. That's not a bad thing. You know, when you start preaching about the blood of Jesus, you, you, you get caught up. <clears throat> We come to church and we talk about a lot of stuff. We, we, we talk about love and gentleness and not mercy and grace. And sometimes we're glib about it. <coughs> Let's never be glib about the blood of Jesus. The most precious thing ever was what God said. I'll pay that price. And Jesus himself said, Father, I'll pay the price that David, that Ellen, that Helen, that Ray, that Nancy can come and sit in my body, in my church. If I didn't mention you, you're still included. He paid the price for all of us. The Lord bless you, folks. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are 
your garments, spotless are they white as snow. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been to Jesus for his cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by your Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb All your garments spotless Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Aside these garments that are stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you washed in the blood In the blood, in the soul cleansing blood are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb.